visit the Venus Metal Graph Show. Is anyone else concerned that North Korea is testing another long-range missile and they have this nuclear weapons program that's building up? Or the fact that their people are in such bad shape that they're resorting to cannibalism now? You know what? You're right. Who cares about that? Because it's the Super Bowl this week. It's January 28th, 2013. He's been shunned by commercial radio. Unable to be bought and paid for by corporate America. And running on the fossil fuel of common sense. For those of us that choose to live dangerously in the radical middle, welcome to the Zip Code Famous Michael Graff Show. Now the world is getting older. There's a few things to be said. just reading about how some people in North Korea, there's such a shortage of food there in that well-run republic that people are actually resorting to cannibalism now. And they're eating each other because, luckily though, hey, doesn't matter because the government is at least looking into a nuclear weapons program. And they're going to turn the United States into a sea of fire. We are their sworn enemy. That's North Korea for you. And you thought that it was all over when Kim Jong-il kicked the bucket. No, not so much. Some of the weird stuff that's happening. But yeah, it is the Super Bowl this week. You know, on the last show, I think I called it Super Bowl 48. Shows you that I, I don't think I really care about this Super Bowl. It's, I know it's Super Bowl 47. Somebody pointed that out to me. And um, just... We're going to have a little bit of a preview of the game later in the week, but just a little bit of a spoiler alert. I'm not going to gamble on this game, and I would recommend if any of you plan to go to a location where gambling is legal, of course, because we wouldn't ever condone illegal gambling of any sort. But if you are going to participate in some sort of gambling on this game, best advice, don't. I wouldn't bet on this game with somebody else's money. I don't think you should either. Not a good idea. Although I think it's actually a a compelling game and certainly one that we're going to talk about. Um, I know I'm being a little bit flip, but it is strange how this story about North Korea testing more long-range missiles not really being given a lot of media attention. It, It got a little bit of a blurb at the end of last week. I saw something about it over the weekend. But these guys are probably more serious about it than the Iranians. And I know that everybody's up the ass of the Iranians because of their nuclear program. And they have certainly sworn their hatred toward the Jews and how they're going to turn Israel into a into a lake of fire or whatever and how they're going to exterminate them from the planet and we should be concerned because Ahmadinejad is a whack job. And look, there's certainly a lot of reason to believe that he is nuts. But I think the difference between North Korea and the Iranians is that 
the Iranians are crazy and they indoctrinate their people to hate. And there's certainly a, especially within the government, there's certainly a great deal of animosity toward uh, Israel, toward the United States, toward the Western world. And I get that, but I don't get the sense that they're actually insane over there. Yes, they have bizarre laws. Yes, they have a very strange set of customs and a, and a very backwards culture as many of those Middle Eastern nations do. Nevertheless, I don't get the impression that they're insane enough to actually deploy a nuclear weapon. Whereas with the North Koreans, I'm not so sure anymore. See, Kim Jong-il, everybody was talking about how, oh, that guy was nuts and he's crazy and he could do it. But as I always said, I think that Kim Jong-il could have raised hell for maybe 15 minutes and then he would have been completely obliterated. So he knew better and I don't think he would have ever done anything. But now the new regime, the new ill regime, the new um, the new era of North Korea that's being ushered in um, with more people starving, more people desperate, more people in terrible situations. And yet a government that is saber rattling more than ever, I think it really speaks to a very interesting, a very, well, almost a scary situation over there. I'm not going to be an alarmist and come on the air and say, we, we have to go and invade North Korea because I don't believe any of that. But if there is a nation that I would be watching right now, it's not the Iranians. I wouldn't be concerned about them. And I wouldn't even be concerned about most of the Middle Eastern countries, these, these whack job um, radical Islamists. I wouldn't even be as concerned with them as I would be the North Koreans. But I don't know. It's, it's something that doesn't make it into the mainstream media very much these days. Oh, well, more on the mainstream media and media in general coming up in just a little bit. But uh, first of all, welcome. And yes, it is the zip code famous Michael Groff show. Do appreciate you checking us out. Contact information for the program, as always, Mike at KMGX.com. That is the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Groff show, AOL instant messenger. Groff show on Google Talk. Michael Groff on Twitter, and for everything else Michael Groff related, it's always michaelgroff.com, where you can always listen to this podcast and our previous shows as well. You can leave your comments, questions, suggestions, feedback on those shows. Also, you can get email notifications every time we post a brand new episode of the show. You can uh, get that sent to you, as long as you make sure that you keep uh, your spam folder clear of it. You know, you have to uh, whitelist our site so that when we send the emails to you, you actually get them. Otherwise, you'll have to be checking your spam folder constantly. I don't know why it does that. I've been looking into it. I can't seem to fix it. I don't know. Um, that and what else? Also, you can donate to this program. Donations always encouraged. Anyway, all of that and much more can all be done at the one and only michaelgroff.com. All right. Uh, there's a lot happening. And this is sort of a, an episode of the show where I'm going to clean off the desk. I've got a lot of stuff here. That I want to talk about. And there's been stuff that's just been sitting here for a few days and uh, things. I always make these notes and I talk about this a lot. I make notes periodically, either mental notes or I actually will write something down. Like I, I have I have pieces of paper over here. Like, see, I'm going to do the whole Rush Limbaugh rattle the paper into the ladies and gentlemen. And, but I, I do actually I, I write some stuff down here and I just take these notes and then I make sure I, I even put them into like a notepad file, just stuff that I want to sort of get out there. And then for whatever reason, I don't know why, uh, this is part of the disorganization that I have. I like to think that I have a pretty organized show, but it, when I look back at it, there's just so many things that I never get around to talking about. 
So as an example, here's a story that I had that I meant to get to on the last episode and I didn't. And I, I don't know how your lives went on without knowing this. From Juneau, Wisconsin, two dancers at an exotic club in Juneau have been cited after they allegedly brawled over a dollar bill. And when they say two dancers at an exotic club, in other words, two strippers at some dumpy club in Juneau, Wisconsin, which I don't even know what the population of that is. I've never even heard. I've heard of Juneau, Alaska. Juneau, Wisconsin has got to have strippers that are just incredible, though. I'm sure of it. <laughs> anyway, these two likely white trash got into it at some trailer park strip club, uh, got into it over a dollar bill. The Post Crescent of Appleton reports that one of the women is pregnant. Oh, even better. Dodge County deputies say that they were called to Silk Exotic last week to break up a fight. They say it started when a customer tried to give a dollar to one of the dancers, but the other dancer took it. A dollar? <laughs> wow. You know that it is quality strip clubs. All right, these are quality clubs when, when you pay a dollar at one of them. Listen, I've been to a strip club one time in my life. It was 12 years ago for a friend's bachelor party. And I seem to remember the going fare for a dance at a strip club was 20 bucks. Okay, I think that was like the sort of the going thing for a lap dance. Anyway, the sheriff's report says that both women began to brawl. They tussled on the floor, punched, slapping, pulling each other's hair, other dancers and customers separated the two. Both women were cited for disorderly conduct. Over a dollar bill. You have really got to go check out the strip club scene in Juneau, Wisconsin, clearly. This reminds me of a reality show idea I had years ago. Just do like strip clubs across America. And we highlight not like the, the well-known strip clubs or anything. And I'm not even into strip clubs. I've never gotten the whole strip club thing. I'm not into it, but fascinating show would be to go to some of these dumpy little places like Juneau, Wisconsin, or you go to like, I don't know, Rochester, Minnesota or something like that. Some, some small little town in the Midwest or in the South somewhere like, yeah, Jackson, Mississippi, or even smaller, like, uh, you know, Tuscaloosa, Alabama or something like that. And check out this, the, the strip club scene. I mean, can you imagine what that would look like? Can you imagine the kind of dumps, the health hazards, the bacteria-infested slime pits that you would encounter in a show like that? It would be fascinating. That would, that would be... Never mind these shows where they do like pawn shops and they have all these... It's sort of a manufactured thing and everything looks pretty much above board or even a little bit sleazy. But no, this would be demonstrating the very dark underbelly of the U.S. strip club culture. I would love to see a show like that. By the way, I have already talked about that idea years ago on this show. If you use it, I will sue. I'll sue you for a dollar. I'll sue you for a lap dance. Um, what else is happening? Oh, I have to pass this along. And if we're going to rip a guy on the air which I've, I've certainly ripped this guy over the years many, many times. It's only fair that I actually give praise to somebody who I, I never thought I would say something nice about, but Christian Bale. Remember Christian Bale a few years ago? He went nuts on some dude because 
I don't know, he screwed with the lights or something on a movie set. Some poor lighting guy and Christian Bale went off on him and it was a very famous video and the famous audio of this guy just screaming at some poor lighting dude. And I remember I was very vicious in my criticism of Christian Bale. Who the hell is he and all this? But I will say this, Christian Bale does something really nice. Uh, this is This is actually very awesome. So apparently... Christian Bale, uh, after a whole summer, like he went and visited the some of the families of the victims of the Aurora, Colorado shooting. For example, I think he he flew a family to Disney to have lunch with him before. Now, I guess some eight-year-old kid with cancer is a big fan and Christian Bale actually called him up on the phone and talked to him for a, a pretty long time. And, uh, you know, the kid's big Batman fan, Christian Bale, the Batman movies, all that stuff. So he, um, yeah, he, uh, he calls this kid up and I guess made his day and made Christian Bale's day and everybody was happy about it. Um, there's a video even that shows uh, this kid named Zach, his family, the family of the eight-year-old, who's a really big Batman fan, curr currently in the hospital fighting leukemia, was on the phone with Christian Bale just having a chat about the movie. Zach tells him all about the Batman costumes, his cardboard Batmobile, and even how he convinced his little brother how he is the Dark Knight. Before Bale got off the phone, he told Zach that speaking to him was the uh, highlight of his day. He said that he'd uh, tell the lady who plays Catwoman and the man who played Bane and even the director about their conversation because they love to hear when I speak to someone who is a big fan of the movies, it makes us all very happy. And you know what? I'll say this. It's a, actually, that's a positive story. I know we don't do very many positive stories on this show, and certainly I never thought I'd say something nice about Christian Bale, but I just saw this. I came across it a few days ago, and I wanted to pass it along. I, I know I've ripped the guy before, but that's something really cool. Yeah, so big thumbs up to Christian Bale for a change. There you go. That's a nice positive story. You know what? I am full of feel-good stories today. I saw this the other day. I, this, this seemed crazy, but a Santa Barbara, California woman just turned 105 years old this week, which is quite an accomplishment in and of itself. But even more so is the fact that she had to have her license renewed and take a driving test, and she did, and she passed the test perfectly. I think that this, she is the oldest woman to pass a driving test. Edith Kirschmeyer has a perfect 86-year driving record. No accidents. No parking or moving violations. For the first 40 years, she's been a volunteer for the local nonprofit Direct Relief International. And according to Facebook, Edith is the oldest registered user on the social media site. 86 years without an accident, a parking or moving violation, passed her driving test with perfect, you know, with flying colors. And, uh, wow. <laughs> That's in, in California, by the way. It's not like she's living in North Dakota where there's nobody, where you don't have to worry about parking issues or moving violations or anything because seven people live there. She hasn't had, she hasn't even had an accident. I hope we haven't jinxed her with this story, but that's, that is incredible. Oldest woman to be on Facebook, oldest person to pass a driving test. Is that just not the weirdest, neatest story? 
I tell you, 105 years old, I'm very convinced. I'm about 105% sure that I won't make it to 105 years old. But if I did, well, I, I can't drive anyway. But um, I'm sure if I should live, because that's 70 years away. 70 years from now, I'll be 105 years old. Can you imagine? The technology would have to exist by then for me to have uh, eyesight or at least the ability to drive. I mean, they've already come up with cars that are driving by themselves. I'm sure they'll have that technology pretty much perfected by then. So I that would be about the only way that I would be driving a car is under one of those circumstances. They come up with a, a way to get my eyesight so that I can drive or I just drive one of those cars um, that, you know, like that drives automatically. It's like kit. I'm driving around Knight Rider. Um, that's a crazy story. You know, we're just full of uh, upbeat and happy stories on the show today. It's like sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows on the show today. I mean, sure, we opened up with the whole North Korea nuclear missile, nuclear weapons program thing. And I know that's that's kind of a bummer of a story. And uh, I don't know. But the rest of it, I don't know. We, we've really uh, ended this segment. This would be a great place to end the segment right here. You know what? I'm going to do that. And as if we haven't had enough upbeat and happy, fun stuff on the show, I should also tell you that this is another edition of the podcast where it's random bumpers on the show. Yes, random bumpers. So uh, just about anything could play to uh, close out and open up these segments. So um, get ready for that. I don't know what's going to happen. I just press play and something, something occurs. Could be anything. I've loaded up thousands and thousands of songs so get ready for that all right you know how we do it here i've got a lot still to get into a lot of stuff that's been sitting on the desk here some of it collecting dust um and it's, i gotta talk about stuff coming up this week of course we got the super bowl this week we have um oh uh, we have congress you know i've been in such a good mood here to open the show i don't even really want to talk about congress i don't even really want to talk about um all the all the craziness that's going on in Washington, these uh, presidential appointees, all of the constitutional issues. You know what? Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just let this be a, a happy Monday because you know me and you know this show. This show is all about happiness. We're all about upbeat and positive feelings here. We're all about holding hands and all that sort of warm, fuzzy stuff that you've come to know and love from this program over the years. That pretty much sums me up, doesn't it? Absolutely. All right. We'll be back. The Michael Graff Show. You passive-aggressive bitch. This is... Knock it off. I don't like it any more than you do. The Michael Graff Show. Wow, 
Wow, definitely random bumpers, huh? It's the zip code famous Michael Groff show on a Monday, January 28th, 2013. My dad really liked this kind of music. I remember being in the car and hearing music like this with him. I believe this is Mungo Jerry. Yes. Mike at KMGX.com, the email address. Michael Graf Show, AOL Instant Messenger. Graf Show on Google Talk. Michael Graf on Twitter. And for everything else related to this program, of course you know it, because how else would you find this show but at the one and only MichaelGraf.com. You know, it goes along with the warm and fuzzy kind of motif of the show, though, really. Music like this, why not? It's your, uh, it's your hot jab at all station, Cool 94.5. Right. Lago Jerry and a hit from, what is this, like 1968 or something? It was summertime. Which, of course, is weird thinking about that because, well, first we had record cold this month. Then we've had record warmth. Then we had record rainfall over the weekend. We got dumped on uh, well over an inch and a, almost an inch and a half of rain here at uh, the Michael Graff Show broadcast facility. And uh, it was nice, actually, a nice uh, wet weekend. Uh, got uh, Now things are actually going to be a little bit green around here. That that should be nice. So I'm uh, I'm pleased with that. Um, the global warming freaks are out, of course, because, you know, first, again, with the record cool, then the record warmth, then the record rainfall, because everything that happens now that's going on in weather is a net result of global warming. If it's too hot, too cold, too wet, too dry, too normal, not normal enough, uh, extremes in weather, non-extremes in weather, drought, floods, anything can now be attributed to global warming or global climate change or, or global chaos or the Mayans or whatever they're attributing it to this week. You can always tell that those people are out in full force. Although I will have to say this. I'm really tired of seeing headlines that go, there is a, there is an avalanche in Arizona? I don't know if people are aware of this. And maybe you're not in the know. The state of Arizona is not just a desert. Okay. In fact, probably not even half of the state is a desert. Maybe half. But there's a significant portion that is mountains, canyons, rivers, lakes. We have all we have forests in this state. We have desert, we have mount, we have plateaus. We have all sorts of varying topographical features in this state. So if I could just see a few less headlines where people are actually surprised that we have snow here. Yes, it snows in Arizona, not in Phoenix, not in Yuma, not very often in Tucson. But, you know, there's many parts of the state. Flagstaff, Arizona gets over 100 inches of snow per year. It is one of the snowiest cities, uh, metropolitan areas of greater than like 50,000 people. It is one of the snowiest areas in the country, actually, Flagstaff. So this is something that maybe if you're not aware of this, I love the desert Southwest. I love Arizona. I love Nevada. I love Southern California in that sense because there's literally any kind of weather you can possibly have. It's beautiful. The desert is beautiful. The mountains are beautiful. Um, to me, it's one of the nicest places in the world to be. And I, I just, I don't know. I always find myself loving the desert, even though I hate the summer. I hate the heat. I hate all that, but everything else about I, I I do like this state and everything, but I just I get sick of seeing these headlines like it snowed in Arizona. What? Educate yourselves, people. Really, you people in the media, you you probably should do that. While we're talking about the media, 
If you've listened to me over the years, you know what I feel about the mainstream media and that it's really had quite a fall from grace from where it was the idea of media from years ago. Now, I think that there's all sorts of new media that's popping up all the time, blogs and online media, which is becoming far more credible and far more reliable, the social media outlets and all of this, than your typical mainstream ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, all that stuff. Nonetheless, the sports media in particular is always the most amusing to me. There is not a more sanctimonious, self-righteous, self-indulgent group than the sports media. And I just talked about this last week or a couple weeks ago on the show. I know this. But once again, they demonstrate their duplicitous nature, their hypocrisy, their lack of, of any sort of fundamentals of journalism. I, I don't get it. I don't get why some things are stories and some things are worth covering and other things are not. Example. So the sports media had a field day with Tiger Woods a couple of years ago. Remember with the sex scandal when all of that broke? Oh, hey, it's Tiger. And everybody went nuts back in 2009. And they were trying, they were literally, they were fighting each other to try and get the first interview with these various women, the porn stars and the regular folks and all the in-betweens, the models that Tiger Woods slept with. He had extramarital affairs left and right. Um, and everybody, they, the media was just jumping all over it. Tiger's fall from grace and all these different stories that were out there. And they were just going nuts and they were going crazy. And then the, the same media, they go after guys like Lance Armstrong and they absolutely excoriate him. He's a cheater. He's a fraud. He's all this. And, and listen, I'm not saying that it's bad that they did that. I'm fine with it. But then let's fast forward now to the Super Bowl coverage. So tomorrow is media day at the Super Bowl. And there are media from all over the world. But I'm just very, I have to wonder how many of them will ask Ray Lewis of the Baltimore Ravens about the double murder that he helped facilitate or that he was involved with in some way that he has walked away from, that he has skated scot-free upon. All right, I just want to know. Is anybody going to ask Ray Lewis about the double murder? Are they? Is anybody going to do that? Because all I'm seeing in the media about Ray Lewis is, oh, this is a great story, you know, that he may go out on top. He may end his career a Super Bowl champion. Ray Lewis has had quite a nice career. He's retiring at the end of the season and all this love and gushing over Ray Lewis. The fact is the guy very well, now we don't have all the information and certainly there's a lot of details of the case that mysteriously disappeared about his double murder. I'm not saying he's a murderer per se. I'm saying there was a lot of questions about that that normally... Maybe if he were Tiger Woods, they would go after him. They'd try to knock him down a bit. Or if he were Lance Armstrong and on top of everything else that he did, yeah, they would probably go after him. Because, again, the media, they love knocking down the, the big shots. They love building you up and then knocking you down. Um, of course, Lance Armstrong is a douche. He's a fraud. He's a cheater. They should go after him. They should excoriate him. They should expose the story. I'm not saying they shouldn't. Of course, Tiger Woods, they should go after. I don't think he broke any laws, but he certainly is an unethical jackass. Although it is hypocrisy because most of those people, those schlubs in the media, would have gladly gotten after some of those um, some of those women that Tiger Woods was with. Are you telling me that those people in the media, they wouldn't even even the ones that Tiger considered, you know, one night stand material and that he thought weren't very hot. 
to the people in the sports media, they would be like tens to them. So I don't, for the media to persecute him the way they did was a little bit hypocritical. Sure, he's a bad guy. And now I think he's trying to get back with his ex-wife. I don't even know. But, um, and that's fine. I don't even mind the coverage to a point. But the fact that you're going to just do these fluff pieces about Ray Lewis Oh, Ray Lewis, you know, he might uh, retire a champion. He's going to go out on top potentially. And, you know, that's just great. The Baltimore media especially just gushing over this guy. He's a murderer, at least potentially. Do some homework. Investigate. Of course, this is the same media that got duped by Manti Teo, a dumb football player who went to Notre Dame, made up a whole story about a girlfriend and cancer. Nobody thought to do any research. Nobody thought to look into it whatsoever. Oh, a few people in the media afterwards, after the fact, they said, well, you know, uh, I always suspected there was something wrong. It's not guy in ESPN. Did, well, you know, you, you suspect that something was wrong, but I don't know. Nobody ever really looked into it. No, you didn't suspect a damn thing. You bought into it hook, line, and sinker like everybody else. The sports media in this country is just deplorable. These people don't even bother to do their work. They're going to sit there and they're going to sing the praises of a murderer, of a double murderer, somebody that may have at least facilitated a murder. You're going to you're gonna just sing the praise of that guy. You're not even going to ask him a single question. And I know there's a lot of positive stories about the game. There's two brothers that are coaching against one another in the Super Bowl. It's never happened before. Probably will never happen again. And it's a big story and it's one that's worth covering. But don't you think maybe, maybe you'd want to ask a question? Uh, uh, Ray, what happened with all that? I mean, I'm sure the guy, well, you know, that's in the past. Well, fine. Then look into the past. Uncover. Look into the records. You certainly did that with Tiger Woods. You guys got a hold of his voicemail. You did that with Lance Armstrong. You went after his drug tests. You you looked into it. You asked people questions. Sure, it took you forever to figure it out, and everybody got duped by Lance Armstrong, but at least you did it. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds' grand jury testimony, which was supposedly sealed, an investigative reporter uncovered it. Barry Bonds, another jackass in sports, and I have no problem with him being completely exposed and totally excoriated by anybody because he's a fraud. He's a jackass. But you know what? Barry Bonds is not a murderer or a conspirator in a murderer or had anything to do with murder. Yeah, he may have broken some laws, but he wasn't a murderer. And yet here we are. We're still singing the praises of this Ray Lewis. It is to me the most outrageous thing that could possibly happen in sports that whenever we have people like this, somehow... It, it, the, there's a few people that just always get a pass. They can never do any wrong. And Ray Lewis is one of these dudes. I don't understand it. God, not one of the media. Maybe somebody from Japan will have to ask him the question. Maybe somebody from like, um, I don't know, Australia or or the UK or or I don't know, some Botswana. Somebody will come in and ask some question of Ray Lewis about it. Well, Mr. Lewis did. What happened with that murder thing? I mean, somebody will come in from some other place you would hope and do the job that the American media should have been doing all along. But no, we can't do that. We have to hype up the uh, the other angles of this of this thing. You know what? I'm rooting for the 49ers just because I refuse to root for a team that has a, a murderer or a potential murderer on there. A guy who the information about the case never really, we don't really know what happened. We just, we don't know all the facts and we don't know all the details. And I'm saying I don't know all the details either. Maybe he's totally innocent. But you know, there's a lot of questionable circumstances surrounding it. And I've been reading about it again this week. And it just makes me kind of go, 
huh, why isn't the media at least looking into it? I'm not a, a judge, okay? I'm not trying to sit here and play judge, jury, and executioner necessarily. But, man, give me a press credential then. I'll ask the questions. I'm so sick of the media and the, well, you know, we'll investigate people like Lance Armstrong. Ray Lewis, eh, whatever, murder, who cares? It's just like the Ben Roethlisberger thing. Ben Roethlisberger, you know, the sexual assault cases that he had against those women. What did the media do with that? How much did the media really run with it? Well, you know, there was a, there was a few reports here and there, a, a casual mention. It's not like it was completely ignored, but then... Suddenly, all of that stuff just disappeared. And even though it's well known that Ben Roethlisberger is a douche, and even though it's well known that he has certainly done some other things that are a little bit unscrupulous, anytime Ben Roethlisberger does something, there's always a spin to it. Even that motorcycle accident that he got into. Yeah, that got spun. Ah, you know, it's not really that big a deal. What an idiot. You never even thought to report the fact that the guy has a, a, a in his contract, he is specifically prohibited from riding a motorcycle because they knew how much of a, a cycle uh, enthusiast he was and that they decided to say, look, don't do this, Ben, because you could get in an accident. You could jeopardize your career. Of course he did. And um, they should probably have a, a, a clause in there about going into bathrooms with women because the guy is clearly unhinged. What a complete and other travesty and you know uh, when when they were in the super bowl a few years ago guess how much play that got guess how much play it got none well we're only here to talk about positive stories no you're not who was that uh, before the super bowl with the atlanta falcons robinson i think was his last name um uh, who played for the falcons he got involved with some prostitute or something that made news I don't remember the case because, you know, it happened 14 years ago and I, I don't necessarily remember all the details, although I can go and look that up at least because there was media coverage around it. It's just weird. Sometimes the media decides, well, we're not going to get into it. We're just not going to bother to cover it. We don't want to. We don't want to go there. Why not? So again, the sanctimonious, pretentious, self-righteous sports media rears its ugly head. I, I, I just cannot fathom, cannot understand where people are at, why more questions aren't asked. That's all I'm saying. Uh, all right. I, I just, I've been seeing this. I've been, because of the Super Bowl matchup, and I know I want to talk about other things, you know, in, in this week about the Super Bowl that aren't related to Ray Lewis, that aren't related to uh, all of that. And, you know, I know that they're going to try and, and bait other guys on the Ravens to t because they have another loudmouth on their team, Terrell Suggs, who used to go to Arizona State University. Um, Terrell Suggs, uh, after the game, had some uh, interesting things to say about Tom Brady and all this stuff and certainly bad-mouthing. And look, you know, go ahead. You, you just beat Tom Brady. You beat a guy that you haven't had any luck beating in the playoffs in the past. You, you totally devastated uh, the New England Patriots and Tom Brady. I don't know, that kind of earns you the right to run your mouth a little bit. It might not have been the classiest thing to do, but that's fine. And I know they're trying to get him because he's always an interesting quote. All right, but other than that, I know that they're not going to go and ask any tough questions. They just don't do that. And I know Media Day really isn't even about that anymore because the international press, uh, people that come here from other countries, the, the international press, they, they ask the dumbest questions. They, they ask the most, and they give press credentials to just about anybody. Um, 
some years ago, um, I didn't do, but uh, I knew a guy that wrote a blog that listened to this show. And uh, this this guy, he he got a press credential for Media Day at the Super Bowl when I think it when it was in like San Diego or where was it that he got that? But I think it was I think it was in San Diego. And he said, it's re- it's the easiest thing in the world to get a press credential. They'll give it to anybody. I should have gotten a press credential. I would have gone the, could have gone to the Super Bowl in New Orleans, not to see the game, just to have the press credential to go into media day and ask Ray Lewis about this. Uh, ask him and then try and bait Terrell Suggs into saying something stupid. So, Terrell, tell us again what you think about Tom Brady. <laughs> I don't know that that that's more entertaining than asking them what their favorite kind of cereal is. And if you think I'm making that up, I'm not. That's the media for you. I believe, and and I the the report was originally that there was when Doug Williams got into the Super Bowl with the Washington Redskins. He was the first black quarterback in the NFL. And somebody reportedly asked Doug, Doug Williams. Have you always been a black quarterback? There's a story that sort of surrounds that. And people swear to God that that is a true question that was asked. This was back, you know, over 20, like 25 years ago, whatever, uh, when the Redskins won the Super Bowl. And (laughs) that's that goes, look, the media is just, that's the kind of crap that you get from the sports media. You either get dumbass questions or people that just want to ask the the suck up kind of stuff. It's incredible. All right. Well, look, uh, I know we started out all warm and fuzzy and then we went into the sports media. And as soon as you start talking media, that's that's where it all comes to an end. Uh, I, I guess we might as well just continue. Should I take a break here first? I don't know. That's that seems like a good place to to go to break and. Um, move on to those stuff. I still have more things on the desk I, I have to clean off. I, I have to talk about. This is just essentially a house cleaning edition of this show. It's the zip code famous, etc. and so forth and whatnot. And we shall return forthwith. Or something. You're listening to the Michael Groff Show. MichaelGroff.com
zip code famous Michael Groff show. January 28th, 2013. Random bumpers on the show today, absolutely. Hit for the Bengals. I just saw one of the chicks from the Bengals somewhere on TV. I don't know. She was, I think she was selling a product or doing some infomercial for something. Man, how the mighty have fallen. Does she really not have that much money? Susanna Hoff or one of those chicks, does she really not have uh, enough money? Does she need to be going around hawking stuff? I would hope not. After they had a bunch of hits, after all of that, you'd still have to go on an infomercial and sell some junk, like a vacuum cleaner or some juicer or some kind of garbage. I don't even know what it was. I was, I was sure it was her though. I was like a 99% sure. And I'm not a person that recognizes faces or anything, but I just the voice or just something about it. I, I was sure it was her. I don't know, man. Wouldn't be the first time one of these uh, '80s people. One of these uh, big stars from the 80s went out and hawked some junk on an infomercial, that's for sure. Anyway, we're back. Alright, um, I see that Chris Brown is again in the news. Boy, this guy just can't keep his hands off people. Well, this time, though, Chris Brown decided to take out his violent tendencies on a dude. Well, kind of. I mean, granted, a guy that weighs um, about half of my weight. Nevertheless, though, he's going at least, uh, he's switching genders. So good for him. Um, Chris Brown, of course, they have to mention in this article that he's Grammy Award winning singer Chris Brown and biggest pansy ever, is under investigation for an alleged assault in a West Hollywood parking lot, according to the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. Deputies responding to a report of six men fighting Sunday night found the scene clear, but were told by witnesses there had been a brief fight over a parking space. Yeah. Quote, the altercation allegedly led Chris Brown punching the victim. The department said in a statement released early Monday morning, the victim wasn't identified, but the celebrity website TMZ, ah, good old TMZ is at least on on the job here. They're investigating and they say uh, they are the first to report that the fight outside the Westlake recording studio said that it involved Frank Ocean, one of the top nominees at the Grammy Awards next month. In a Twitter posting later, Ocean said, quote, got jumped by Brown and a couple guys and suffered a finger cut. Hmm. It wasn't Brown's first problem in the run-up to the Grammys. His attack, of course, on Rihanna back in 2009, very well documented, we know that, last June, he was injured in a brawl with members of hip-hop stars Drake and that entourage in a New York nightclub. Yeah, because any real hip-hop dude or anybody that's even remotely masculine is going to be able to beat up Chris Brown. I mean, the guy is a... First of all, all he can ever do is hit women. 90, 100-pound, 110-pound women. Like, he wouldn't even be ballsy enough to take on, like, a woman that weighs more than 135 pounds because basically just about anybody can kick his ass. 
maybe a very diminutive woman or a very nonviolent woman uh, or maybe a, a woman that's like 96 years old, probably incapable of beating up Chris Brown, but just about anybody else I'm sure could. No arrests were made. Brown has um, was gone by the time deputies arrived at the department, said the investigation is ongoing and Brown would be contacted later. Yes. Brown, 23, remains on probation for the attack on Rihanna and is due back in court on February 6th to update a judge on his progress. Like, what updating? Uh, so, Mr. Brown, uh, have you punched anybody lately? Have you beaten up any women lately? This court finds you completely pathetic and sentences you to life in prison, but only in a violent sex offender's prison, and you must have a target painted on your ass. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, 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 I meant, um, how are you doing? All right. And then this story. Um, weird, weird case here. Police investigate a situation involving a, an alleged drunk female. They take her into custody. They hold her in jail for more than eight hours only to find out that the girl is not drunk at all. In fact, she's completely sober, has been completely sober. The reason that she's acting peculiar to investigators is that she's autistic. Uh, whoops. Yeah. A teenage girl with autism was arrested and hauled before the courts because police mistakenly assumed that she was drunk. Despite being completely sober, 17-year-old Melissa Jones spent 10 hours in a police cell was fingerprinted and had her DNA taken. She was charged with being drunk and disorderly, forced to appear in court, and became suicidal while waiting eight months for her case to go to trial. Yes, you know that constitutional right we have to a speedy trial? Yeah, yeah, not, not so much. Last week, however, prosecutors finally realized that they got it wrong and agreed to drop the case against her. Her mother... Christina Evans, 49, a training manager yesterday said that her daughter, who also has learning difficulties, has been through hell uh, having this hanging over her head for the past eight months and has had trouble. And uh, this whole problem has had a very uh, terrible, a debilitating effect on her. Quote, she has a basic understanding of right and wrong. So to be arrested for something she didn't do was devastating. She has had to commit, uh, she has tried to commit suicide and is having weekly counseling. She hardly ever goes out anymore. Miss Jones' ordeal began shortly before midnight on June 16th last year when she and a friend went to stop near her home in where is this? In Edge Hill, Liverpool, to buy some Coca-Cola. Another customer who was a drunken woman became aggressive when her assistant refused to serve her. I guess some assistant. I don't know. Um, I, this was at a store, I guess, or, or at a restaurant. Anyway, they apparently attacked Miss Jones and her friend. And uh, the, the friend intervened. I don't know. The story is not written very clearly, but that's that seems to be where this all went wrong. And then, of course, she was hauled in. She was claimed, uh, they claimed that she was drunk and disorderly. Why didn't they do an alcohol blood test right away? They did eventually do one. Then they, they said, oh, well, you're not drunk, but you're acting drunk and you're acting disorderly. Great. Wonderful. 
All right, so uh, there's a potential lawsuit coming down the pike for sure. And then I've had this sitting here uh, for a while. Last week, I don't know. I don't know when or where or who gave Joan Rivers the authority to comment on the personal appearances and fashion of anyone else. I don't know who gave her that credential. I know that she's had a, a shows on the E! Television Network for a while. She does those Oscar pre and post shows. I don't know who gave her the authority, who said it was okay for her to critique what people look like and what people wear, but I hereby rescind that authority. Joan Rivers last week was commenting on Michelle Obama's new hairdo. Normally, I probably would just leave this alone, but since it's Joan Rivers commenting on somebody... I just had to investigate further. She says that the first lady's new do is a don't. Her new do is a don't. Oh, jeez, it's terrible. It's horrible. Somebody needs to tell me when and where Joan Rivers ever was relevant, when and where she ever became an authority on personal appearance, grooming, fashion, or anything having to do with appearance in any way, shape, or form. Why she has been given a forum to comment on what other people look like, what other people are wearing, what they do with their time. I don't know why anyone finds her opinion to be valuable, but let me tell you, it's not. Now, before we continue, I'm sure many of you are probably wondering, who the hell is Joan Rivers? And I'm sure that's a question America is asking right now. And really, you don't even have to concern yourself with her. She was on TV very briefly many, many years ago. She made appearance on game shows every once in a while. She had a, a brief stint on late night TV competing with Johnny Carson's Tonight Show. So obviously she failed at that. She was a stand-up comedian telling a bunch of crappy, hacky jokes at some laugh factory in the Midwest someplace. And she would tour around doing that. And for some reason, somebody thought that her opinion was valuable enough to put her on the Oscar pre and post show that's on the E! channel, a channel that I don't even know how many cable systems even have it anymore. Uh, but nevertheless, somebody has declared her opinion somewhat relevant somewhere on some distant planet. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, no. Somebody that is going to comment on other people's appearance probably should take a look in the mirror. And that's what Joan Rivers should be doing. And if you have seen Joan Rivers, well, you're probably aware that she's the $6 million woman. She has more augments and plastic surgeries all over her. At this point, I think about 10% of her body is remaining that's organic, that's actually biological materials. Uh, and, and incidentally, most of that has been so injected with various Botox poisons and all this other stuff that I'm sure that she could legally be declared a toxic waste dump. Joan, just stop it. You're embarrassing yourself. I mean, you're a woman that has her face so pulled back that you look like a cat. I mean, at any moment, I expect that thing just to snap forward and your nose goes flying off and potentially kills somebody, that dangerous weapon, because God knows what kind of plastics or metal or surgical things are sitting in there. It's dangerous. I don't know what you're thinking. Don't comment on other people's appearance, especially the first lady. It's just bad, Joan. And to be fair, if I want to know what it was like to come to the new world on the Mayflower, I'll ask you. If I want to know if the movie Lincoln was really accurate because you were there, so you'd know, sure, I'll come and talk to you. But if I want fashion information, fashion advice, or the opinion of somebody's personal appearance, maybe I'll go to somebody that's a little bit more youthful. 
perhaps somebody that wasn't a witness for the signing of the Magna Carta. Joan, just go back to your assisted living facility. Talk to your fellow old coots about this revolutionary movable type that's taking over media or how great Chester A. Arthur was in person and leave the rest of us alone. I'm sure there's a few of you out there right now that think I'm being a little bit unreasonable to poor Joan. Understand that she has spent the last 15 to 20 years of her career critiquing the personal appearance and wardrobe and whatnot of other people. So I just think, yes, of course she's entitled to her opinion, but why not send one back her direction now and then? You know, if you're going to comment on somebody else's looks, it's only fair we do the same to you. And really, what credibility does she have anyway to talk about somebody? Have you seen her? You know, we just talked about it. Well, she looks like, I mean, she wears old people's clothes. She has just regrettable hair and, to be honest, a voice that you could shave with. So really, Joan, just stop. That's the message that I'm trying to send here. She says the first lady's new do is a don't. Joan, you're a don't. Don't talk. Don't comment. Don't do anything. Don't leave your assisted living facility. And don't stop taking your medication. Uh, One thing you should do, though, do uh, cease with the plastic surgery. I understand that many surgeons out there right now are probably begging me to stop this and say, no, Mike, she really needs more work. Uh, Listen, how much you can polish a turd only so many ways, you know, after a while, it's still just a turd. Stop polishing it. I'm done with Joan Rivers. Thank you so much, Joan, for piping in once again and showing us all that you're just not worth wasting the time on. Except for me, of course, because, you know, I have infinite time to talk about these things. But now that I've done that, uh, we can all just put you back in obscurity. There, Joan Rivers had her few minutes of fame for this millennia. How long does it take for that plastic to biodegrade? How long does it take for all those surgical augments uh, to start to decay? That's what I want to know, because you'll probably outlive me, Joan, quite honestly. Now, if we're being fair to Joan here, uh, there is a small part of me that actually does have a little bit of admiration for her for the simple fact that she is willing to not kiss ass and not do the typical suck up stuff of Hollywood. She's trying to be a little bit edgy. I can sort of respect that to some teeny tiny degree. But Joan, you're the last person that should be edgy. You're 180 million years old. Just give it up already, okay? Uh, you know, you could really take a, a, a hint from the 105-year-old woman that we talked about earlier on the show. I'm sure she's nice. She probably hasn't had any plastic surgery. It just makes you look worse. I'm sure you would have aged a lot more gracefully if you hadn't tried to fight father time. Poor Joan. I, I almost pity you at this point. Trying so desperately to get attention. And the only person that pays attention to you is a guy doing a podcast on an obscure corner of the internet. Congratulations, Joan. You managed to get my attention. Well, you know, I mean, I guess that's better than nothing. But, um, boy, do I just feel terrible for her. All right, well, we're done talking about Joan. And that's probably, I know that this is the second time I think I've talked about her in the last two or three years. I will do my best to never bring her up again. But I couldn't let it go. There she was talking about the first lady. And I listen, I'm no fan of the Obamas or anything. But to attack the first lady, to say that her new do is a don and talk about her wardrobe. Come on, Joan. You're better than that. No, you're not, actually. You're not better than that. 
Oh, man, I'm sure we won't be talking about Joan again anytime soon, and that's good. Hey, did you see this? The Iranians are very proud of their latest endeavor. They finally have a space program. Yes, the Iranians sent a monkey into space and then were able to return it safely to Earth. Yes, the Iranians boldly going where the rest of the world went 50 or 60 years ago. Nice job, guys. I understand that next week the Iranians will be unveiling a brand new invention, the telephone. This should be good. The internet is probably only about 40 years away. And here I thought the Iranians were totally backwards. <laughs> Man, there's egg on my face, I'll tell you that. And I see that uh, mid-summer 2013, the Iranians will be getting Star Wars in a theater near you. So look out for that. Iran, really really revolutionizing the march forward into the middle part of the 20th century. Good job, guys. You know, with Iran still a little bit behind the times, uh, maybe, maybe Joan Rivers has a shot at a career over there. The middle part of the 20th century, man, I don't know. That might be a couple of centuries after her time, but we'll see. And what's with all the burkas? Oh, Poor, poor Joan. All right. That's about it. Mike at KMGX.com is our email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. Groff Show on Google Talk. Michael Groff on Twitter. And you can always check out MichaelGroff.com for everything else. Michael Groff Show related. While you're there, you can, of course, listen to this and previous podcasts of ours. Leave your comments, questions, suggestions, all your feedback. I try to respond to it off air, on air, in some way, shape, or form, um, somehow. I, I sometimes just get caught up with things, but, you know, if I don't, just just message me or poke me or say something like, Mike, talk about this, for God's sake. So, I'll do that. And, um... What else? Of course, you can sign up for email notifications so every time a brand new episode of this show is posted, you'll get the notifications. Just make sure to whitelist our site so that it doesn't go to your spam folder, you know, all that complicated email crap. And, of course, the most important part of the site, the reason that it exists, well, let's face it, it's for donations. Uh, you can always make your donations via the website or... PayPal, Mike at KMGX.com. That's the PayPal address. All right, thank you so much for listening. Been a great show. I really appreciate you checking us out. And we'll see you for another edition uh, tomorrow, I guess. It's the Zip Code Famous Michael Graff Show. Good night, everybody. I realize that I'm very bad at back timing. I have to just learn how to fill more time so that... I talk right up to the end of the music so that uh, the critics acclaim the show. So I'll just talk and ramble for another couple of seconds. And um, this would be the part where I stop talking right about, right about now. Here you go.